Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. Do it so quick. Yeah, you can do all the work so quick. I ended up doing English. I didn't start as English. I started pre-med. And then one of my very first classes, they basically told us, like, there's no space to think freely. Like, mm-hmm. everything is structured and defined. And I was like, nope. Yeah, don't like that. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to marketing and advertising, which is why I went to London. And then ended up, I opened up a store and then was also running the construction firm business. And I was like, I just need to fucking get out of college so I can go work. Mm, okay. So yeah. I did English because I had the most like credits built up from high school and then had the most, like it would have gotten me out the fastest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you end up doing like three years or the full four still? I think I did. It kind of bounced around, right? Full four. Mm-hmm. Probably if you started as an English major and as a freshman, you might have gotten out in three. Or? Yeah, I would have probably gotten out. Maybe even two and a half. Because mm-hmm. I had a lot of college credits from high school. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. You're so smart. Must be make the uh, contract reading fast for you, right? Or... Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I don't know why I've always been like that. I've always been a fast reader than a kid. Like, little kid just read like that. Damn. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I but it's cool. It means you tear through books as a kid. I'd love to be like a, a reader. I, I, I say this all the time. I'm like, you guys are reading. You're an audible reader. I do a lot of audible books. I do enjoy yeah. a lot of audible books. See, look at you. Did I start this? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. Oh, did you? Oh, I did. Okay. Ha <laughs> ha. Hi, and welcome back to Freaks, Kings, and Geeks. Blue Balls. It's the worst on oh my. that. Okay, today is... Do you need to say it again? No. Okay. Um, we're gonna... <laughs> Hello! We're gonna start this episode um, by doing a special shout-out and thank you to our first ever voice memo that we received to yep. us. We listened to it before the episode we were gonna share it, but it seems like it was just for our ears. So we won't be revealing, but we thank you so much! Yes. And we hope that more people send us voice audios because I wanna like feel like I'm talking to a person as opposed to just my phone. Yeah, so send us voice audios through Anchor, um, Computer King, Shout out to you for sending us the first ones. But if you guys want to be on the podcast, send us those. And we are happy to listen to your questions or feedback. And we can even play it on the podcast. Or we can just answer those questions here. So send them to us. Thank you. Thank you so much. On today's episode. <laughs> Don't you like hate when I start like that? I you feel go like you straight do. into anchor voice. She like. I don't know. I guess Breaking like news. <laughs> <laughs> also, like whenever you come back from like an episode of an anime, it would always be like last time on. Dragon oh, that makes sense. And then like, I've started thinking about getting like a little zapper just to zap you out of it to see if that works. No, then I would do more. Maybe you know, maybe what if <laughs> I? Uh, what if I go through my different TV personas while you're doing it? It's like, zzz, and then I do my like Midwestern newscaster, and then Howie. Yeah, <laughs> and I do my um, you know, 
grew up in a family that spoke Russian one. And, you know, it's, it's, all, it's, it's so many. Very born identity of you. Did you see born identity? I did. Okay. I did. Thank God. Yes. Yes. I make movie references and I'm never sure if you've actually seen them, so... Majority of the time I haven't. I'll okay. just come clean. But you saw Born Identity. Yes. I think, like, I... Yeah, um, my parents used to watch action oh, movies see. together, so I would... I was like... Actual movies? No, action. Oh. <laughs> the way you're ready for me to slight you at any moment. <laughs> oh, actual movies, CJ? <laughs> no, ma'am. Um, hella action movies, but yeah, I think I tried to like make fun of somebody for not knowing out of like, oh yeah, they were like singing a thousand miles, and then like our one, the, our young coworker where the daughter was like, who sings this? And I was like, excuse me, Vanessa Carlton, and then um, our other coworker was like, CJ, you can't make fun of her because you don't know any movies. <laughs> She's not wrong. Literally, the amount of hours I've clocked into watching movies, and I can't. Yeah, there you have show show for nothing of it. Yeah, there you have. She watched a lot of different movies apparently was i a hipster from a young age and i did not realize i just didn't want to watch those mainstream ones forrest gun <laughs> all the all the culturally Mulan. referenced ones yeah i've seen like a lot multiple times i enjoy that movie <laughs> I don't know, there's something so heartwarming about, like, you know, not having to sacrifice your femininity for success, especially in a 90s movie. Anyway, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Speaking of your parents, and... <laughs> so fucking <laughs> rude. <laughs> What's today's topic? Today's, today's topic is glomming versus hierarchical... You gonna struggle with that word today? Probably. <laughs> um, relationship dynamics in non-monogamy. And obviously, the glomming Actually, not part. Specifically, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say the glomming part. I think we've mostly been. Um, that concept would have existed to us if we never became non-monogamous. Right. So yeah. the glomming we were mostly exposed to through our families. Yes. In my opinion. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we were. So, but. This definitely can relate to non-monogamy, but also monogamous, really, mm-hmm. honestly, any relationship. This is yeah. another one of those topics that can relate to anybody, and does, mm-hmm. and does. And we're, I'm going to have to really try not to talk about codependency, because that relates so much to this. But I am glad that you mentioned it, because it is a piece. Like, yes. it is definitely a relevant part of, like, glomming, and, like, you know. We should probably do an episode on codependency. We've said that. I know. We've said that. Please hold. Wait. Insert hold music. I um I like to do an edit where I speed it up like it's like uh rewind or fast forwarding. It goes like sometimes I'll do that during our uh, B roll like when we're just talking oh, yeah. about like the episode stuff. I'm like me 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 me. Sound like teeny tiny mouse. So cute. Um on. What's really funny is she's still making this note, and we both know she doesn't keep these, which is why she wrote it on herself last time. <laughs> the thing is guys i just recently finished a book on codependency called codependent no more by melody baby there's a plug for it and yes. we're not sponsored by her no we're not but we're no. committed to everybody healing episode yes. that's how fast that's I all we got um codep codep oh nice oh my yeah. codepen codependency there you go codependency codependency so we should probably tell the people what is I think a lot of people know what hierarchy is, so we will yes. define that. But okay, and but tell me if I'm jumping out. Well, what is glomming to you? Mm. 
So glomming to me is almost like you become this like mass with another person where, you know, it's almost like your identity and their identity and your time and their time. And like, there's like so many blurred lines that it's like, it's easy to feel slighted by misunderstanding what, who owns what, even in terms of time and personal space. So like for me, when I think about glom, I'm thinking about like an actual image of like this, like, You've amorphous Akira, but it's this no. like gross, like it's pulsing. Like, yeah, you know? it's kind of an amorphous yeah. blob. Yeah, faces are appearing and disappearing all at the same time, you know. So uh, that that's what it is to me. And in my example, we were getting, we were touching on it a little bit with my family. Um, just to give you guys an idea, we were transplanted from New York. So my parents had both grown up there, and that was where their social groups were, and where their family was, and all of that stuff, and where they had built their careers. And then they, you know, took us out, and we went to Florida, and we did not have the same friends, and we did not have the same family. So what ended up happening as a result is that we all, as a family, glommed together uh, to supplement that lack of those relationships. Um, and so our family unit was very, like, you know. Uh, everybody knows everything. Your time is like not always yours. Your space is not always yours. Um, and there's like, there was this like heavy, uh, what's the word for like, when you feel like entitled to like mm-hmm. information and time about everybody and like us involved in the glom, we were all like, yeah, that's normal. family. It's normal. Yeah. Why would I have to hide anything from my parents? Yeah. Why would I ever not need to be honest with my family? Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, for me, that's the glom. Um, I will say for me, if I'm explaining it in, like, an example sense, people who are glommed will be those couples who can never make any sort of decisions or plans without one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, um, that's a tell. If you think of one, tell. you automatically think of the other. Yeah. Or another, like, when I was monogamous and it would be, like, I would get invited to things and I would ask if, like, my husband could go. And then yep. they'd be, like, oh, I assumed he would. Yep. I was, like, well, probably d- well, don't. Yeah. Like, you're, you know, you're, you essentially taken one to two people or two to five or however that looks and made them into essentially one identity. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. people assume they're asking one, they're asking all. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, for me, that is how glommed, a very short abbreviated version of what glomming mm-hmm. looks like out in the world is yes. where essentially you can't, man- and, and this isn't speaking to, well, we have kids, so we have to schedule or we have this. Right. No, that's this not what I'm talking about. Commitments. And actually we're going to talk about that yeah. a little bit later too. So we can talk about that. So this is different from that. Mm-hmm. This is where you, and Jay and I, <clears throat> definitely were more glommed in the beginning of our relationship Mm -hmm. and have very much moved out of that so well let me also say that a lot of like uh things that are that define glomming are things that in our society we like say as like this is what makes a good couple yes like these are markers of a good couple that like trustworthy blah blah you know like so i i wouldn't even i wouldn't try to like you know villainize anybody who has been in that situation because it's like yeah it's natural i mean like when I was saying like why would I ever keep anything from my family why would I ever need to like prioritize myself over them like those are beliefs that exist that like you think you're a good person for abiding by them yeah but I will say while we won't villainize you I strongly discourage glomming I also um and this is not just from us we have talked about the fact that we both go to the same therapist separately um this is something that she really harks on is the fact that glomming is so 
toxic and not good for people. So mm-hmm. this is not just being us being like, well, I mean, eh. Um, this is something we've had to work on. This is something she really speaks on quite a bit. Um, my family has an issue with glomming and toxicity. So mm-hmm. I learned glomming from my family. Um, Jay learned glomming from his for sure. So yeah. a lot of times this is passed down and culturally passed down. I will say, I think like as I was thinking about it for this episode, a little bit on my part, it's harder for me to get closer to certain couples because a glom exists yep. and not even it's like, okay, culturally I understand the glom and why it's happening and how it serves everybody involved. Blah. But like for me, it's such an intense trigger of like remembering my family and this like entitlement to my time, my space, my body and like never any like room for me to mm-hmm. have my own voice or opinion. So I am automatically like prickly yeah. about that. You and know? once you're outside of the glom, it's so much easier to see what glom is yes absolutely it is yeah because you're also like removing these emotional attachments that you have to what your ideas of the glom are you know like really it'll sneak up on you like oh yes of course i spend all my evenings with you because i just love you so much i just want to be around no i spend every sunday at my parents house having dinner because that's what's expected uh, of course i check in with you about my plans because you're my priority of my Mm -hmm. company yeah i text my mom every night because that's what she wants why wouldn't i just saying so that's glomming in the shortened, condensed, uh, yes. mini ranting version. Um, what are what are some th- some reasons why we feel like glomming is unhealthy? Um, Especially since we have all these cultural examples of it sounding like a good thing. So for me, it really goes back to autonomy. Yeah, and too, I own yeah, myself, my time, my power, my the, I am mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So when I'm glommed. I don't own that. Yeah. We own that either together or we are one amorphous thing. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have my own identity. It really, for me, is a loss of identity. Yeah. And you're, a lot of people are kind of taught that when you're married, you lose that identity and that's healthy and it is absolutely fucking not. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Fuck anyone who says that's healthy. It's mm-hmm. not fucking healthy. Um, especially because first huge rate of divorce mm-hmm. we already know that the divorce rate so when you've made your entire identity glommed to someone that you're you know there's a high chance that you're not gonna be glommed to them anymore yeah also when you're glommed to your family you're supposed to be growing up moving out and having your own life how do you do that right. when you're glommed right um so. and then you know it like for me the negative aspects are like whenever you do try to do for yourself and like yeah that is rooted in the autonomy for me it like you have you have to be like the, the villain now or yeah. like you're selfish or you're you know i've been very much villainized when i was unglomming for my family for sure yeah um when i unglommed from jay my partner we definitely went through some mm-hmm. like sticky points because it feels it's bad hard. yeah it feels bad at first well, when you're out of it, you understand why. Yeah, all the, I mean, because you're looking at, like, now how you understood it culturally. Of, like, this is an expression of our love, and you're trying to, like, step back of that. So then it does feel like, oh, well, so now you don't love me. Yeah. You know? And that's not it. No. And I, personally, on my end, I can't go back from, like, a person being extremely uncomfortable with the idea of me being independent and living yeah. for myself. Because then I'm like, oh, so you don't want me to have that? And someone's like, no, no, that's not what I mean. And I'm like, but it, but it is. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it, it is truly a huge turnoff when I ask someone if they want to have, like, plans or do something. You're like, oh, I need to check with my partner. For fucking why? I know. Like, I don't, I don't, I can't remember the last time I was like, oh, I have to check with Jay. Mm-hmm. My, they're my fucking plans. Mm-hmm. Again, I'll let him know. if you have kids that's and they need different. to be picked up, it's different. But you also know when your kids need to be picked up. Correct. So you probably aren't setting up a date. Set up your Google Calendar. Yeah. 
So if I'm like, hey, do you want to hang out at 3.30 when you're in the pickup line? Then I'm yeah. like, then you're like, no, I can't. I I'm in the pickup line. I don't need to check with anybody about that. Right. I have my responsibilities. But yeah. it's different if it's constantly, let me check with this person. Yeah. Let me let me see if we are free. Let me see if we, it's like, no, stop. Minute, stop. I hate that. Be your own person. Just be your own person. If you can't make your own, here's, here's a really snarky way of putting it. If you can't make your own fucking plans without checking in with someone, you're probably blonde. Sorry for your look. Just saying. Oh, I don't. I mean, I think she said it. I don't. It's correct. It is what it's it is. You might get mad, it's... but it's true. Yeah. Would you say that, like, um, when your actions and emotions, like, I don't know how I'm gonna say this, where it's like you have nothing. Never mind. I'm trying to say, like, when you have to act in such a way to protect another person's feelings, is that also indicative of a glom? Perhaps more that indicative more of codependency. Yeah, that yeah that's, more why, codependency. that's why I was kind of, like, rolling it out. Yeah. I was like, Emma, does it mean... No. You're like, Emma... <laughs> Wait, is this what I was No. So, hierarchy, that's pretty much... That's probably the one more people are okay, aware of. I was going to ask you this. Do you feel like hierarchy is, like, the most prominent version or structure of polyamory? Just, like, opinion-based. Probably, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Because I think it's such a good, like, every, it's everybody's introduction. It's everybody's gateway drug into polyamory, right? Well, and it's how our society is set up, is hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, we're always taught, like, oh, when man and woman, this is the heteronormative, white normative, Christian normative version. Mm-hmm. When man and woman come together, they're first. Well, God's first, obviously. They right. always love to say that. Right. God's first, then man and wife, and then kids and everyone at Like, mm-hmm. So you are taught... And this is no knock to Christianity because not all Christians are like this. Right. But a lot of times you are taught that there is a hierarchy even in that. Right. And then yeah. there's a hierarchy within your family. There's a hierarchy between you and your kids. There's a hierarchy. Like, the man of the household. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I remember literally in high school, one of my close friends telling me, oh, now that I'm dating someone, our relationship won't be first. Oh. Because that's what they are taught. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because like in one of uh, Gwen and Doyle's podcast episodes where they were talking about regret, um, her sister had mentioned that her biggest regret was when she was in high school and she got into a relationship with a boyfriend and she was like being really performative on how she was supposed to appear. But then like, you know, ended up really damaging beyond repair, honestly, her closest friendship mm-hmm. with uh, her friend in high school who was like, the the argument was basically like, why are you acting like so different? Why are you acting like we're not friends anymore? And she like died tragically. God. Yeah. Not and saying this that is... this will like someone will die tragically, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, this isn't to say though that when you're dating someone new, you can't. You know, your priorities might change some. Your time might change some. That's mm-hmm. expected. But not everything else should be put to the wayside or yeah. cast aside because you suddenly have a partner. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. I think hierarchy is just more the culturally normative. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to make some, I mean, but yeah, I think that's how we evaluate closeness, especially too, is like how much more important I am over other things. Um, I feel like that's such a stressful way to like move about in relationships personally, where it's like you have to do a performative sacrifice somewhere to show that person that Mm -hmm. they're, yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, hierarchy is, it's essentially what it is where in hierarchical non-monogamy relationships, there's a hierarchy of who's most important and who gets most time and who gets whatever power over others. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, and you do have on here. Yeah. So it can apply to platonic relationships, 
Um, I know. I was calling myself out there a little bit because, like, the article said it, and I'm like, am I in a hierarchical friendship with April? I don't know. You're like, I'm not ready to talk about it. I'm not ready, I'm not ready to dismantle this. We just have the most shared responsibilities. <gasps> See, we're... <laughs> We also work together, we podcast together, we hold munches together. I don't know that I prioritize you over people. Now, Mm -hmm. if I were dating someone and they were like, I don't like her, I'd be like, bitch, bye. Not you, the other bitch. No, I know. I feel good. (laughs) Um, This is me feeling great. Because I'm not going to sit there and get rid of friends just because your ass is around. Yeah. I mean, ideally, we all integrate. I don't know. Like, that's my goal. Like, if you can't, um, I, I do judge people who I don't think would get along with my friends. Like, I don't want to have to, like, Do see you separate and all that shit, like, but I don't. But I think if other friends ask me to do something and then you ask me to do something, I'm not going to deprioritize their plans for your plans. Yeah. So, in that so. way, no. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we aren't hierarchical in that sense. Yeah. There's a lot. Okay, so I feel like that's a little bit speaking to, like, an emotional management that isn't being given, which I, I agree on in that, hypo, in that hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Especially considering how much time we spend together, it, does, it feels healthy to do it that way. Uh, but I wonder if like, so do you think that there is like a level of emotional management in hierarchical? Well, probably also definitely in climbing. Definitely in climbing. Yeah. Probably in hierarchical. Yeah. 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 And that, I think that every couple will show how they prioritize each other differently, you know? Yeah. Like for me, if I was still hierarchical, then I would, yeah, I'm the emotional one. I'm so sensitive, as you know. And, um, so... I I probably would have like demanded like my emotions first. Yeah, like manage me first and then everyone yes. else. Yes. Yeah. Everyone else secondary. You better shit on somebody else because that's the sacrifice element of me being more important. Yeah, but I mean, like, if someone like if you were to have a tragedy versus like Jay's just tripped and fallen, like that that we just, both have a tragedy. I would just leave to go to Jay's y'all tragedy. Y'all would like I, would, I just want to get out of my own tragedy. Y'all love to do things at the same time. <laughs> Sorry. We, listen, I, actually, what you don't know is that me and Jay have a calendar. Probably. Like a group <laughs> chat. You're like, hey, April's, April's bored for five seconds. Go! Go! I, uh, Jay, I don't know if you know this, but April has a free hour on Thursday. <laughs> she has a free half so hour. So you could take your lunch around that time and just start some we'll shit. We'll both have a yeah. thing. I'll give you some shit prompts, you know, to start. My so. suggestions, top three. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... So, yeah, but I mean, I think also there is a natural propensity to have a hierarchy. Yeah. Um, of we course. structure hierarchies in work. Like, that's why you have a boss, and that's why you have a manager, and that's right. why you have a floor manager, and that's why you have a. Like, there is a purpose to hierarchy in some mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Knowing, like, when I left you on the trip and I said, you're in charge, like, that's a hierarchy, but that one was so they knew who had final call and... It, it also, like, created a sense of security for the team. Yeah. Because it wasn't just like, you're not here and we don't know what to do. It's like, okay, babies. It's me this time. Let's see. She it's got CJ. it. You'll be okay. Okay, just talk to me. So, yeah. in that case, you know, there are some useful hierarchies. Yeah. And yeah. hierarchies don't have to be bad. And I think that's part of what we're going to talk about is ethical hierarchies. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. have to be bad, mm-hmm. but you just have to be aware of them. Yeah, and it, I think it's like if we were all like working from a blank slate, we could maybe do things a little differently, but we are working from being products of a society that glorifies and glamorizes a, pri- a hierarchy. Yeah. So, you know, be gentle with yourself, you know. And some is just a natural, like, 
I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but so Jay and I, I would say practice or try to practice the best we can more of an ethical hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Um, mostly because like I live with them. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to like, it's funny because like in this, in this case, it's also, it's the ethical part also encompasses respecting and honoring the, uh, responsibilities and commitments that you made with Jay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because it's like, you know, ethical isn't only like, okay, you don't have veto power, you know? Right, which we don't. But it's also like, yeah, don't don't treat Jay like he doesn't fucking live with you. Right. <laughs> you know? like Yeah, like, so if I make plans, I'm still going to tell him I have plans, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go consult him for my plans. Right, right. Like no, I, like, it, it becomes like, and, and then maybe a lot of you guys have, see it this way too, so this is a good distinction. It's also like if a person is like, you know, hasn't heard from you for hours and they do expect you, not expect you home, but typically your normal day ends with you being home and you're not, then yeah, you maybe just want to be like, hey, yeah, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. Or if he, like, we were, uh, we went out with a friend right before I went to Alaska mm-hmm. and he called me because he forgot I was going out and he was like, Hey, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh yeah, no, I'm at dinner. I told you. He was like, Oh mm-hmm. shit, I forgot. And then he hung up. Um, but how him and I move about, like I told him my plans Sunday, I was like, Hey, I have to podcast Tuesday. I have plans with friends Thursday mm-hmm. and CJ's coming over for Memorial Day. And he was like, do I get to say And I was like, no. No, um, no you're barbecuing. <laughs> this will be after. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yummy, yummy. It was so good. I grew up so, mm. <laughs> Um So that's how, like, again, he doesn't own my time. Mm-hmm. I own my time. I knew I was free. I know he doesn't need me home. Mm-hmm. Or we don't have any conflicting appointments. Right. So I told him. In, in our case, especially as well, like if I tried to create some sort of balance with other partners just because I was trying to create like an equilibrium or whatever, how do I do that when I work full time with you? You know, yeah. where I'm like, unfortunately, I have to do only half days now because I have to make sure that everybody, you know, like it's, yeah. it, it makes the most sense for me to continue going to my job that I love and want to excel in. Those you know? are cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, not getting in default, not being in debt, not being kicked out of my house. Those are cool eating. things. I do like eating. That, that part is like food. making sure my cat's fed, especially, you know, me with ramen, him with the fancy feast, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it just wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense to switch up that dynamic. You yeah. Know? And like you have access to my calendar, whereas like my other friends don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like when Lauren texted and said, can y'all hang out? And you're like, I know, I I like, know she can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Um, and we have an understanding where that doesn't bother me. Yeah. So is there a hierarchy there? Maybe, but there's also just kind of a different connection there. Yeah, it's a, it's interesting. I I did like I was starting to think about it. And I was like, oh, am I am I guilty here? This is me every time we do like one of these more cerebral episodes where you have to like call into question how you move about. Where I'm just like, okay, you know. But yeah, I just think it makes sense how we move about because of the shared commitments. Once again, that's kind yeah. Of where I well, and now. if I didn't want to do it that day, I could have just said no. Yeah, and y'all would have been like, no, okay, right. I mean, I can do that with work. <laughs> I can be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> like, I don't want to come in. I text her, we're like, oh, yeah, but we just don't come in. And we don't work. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not feeling worked out. Like, what they would like, panic. If we both didn't show up. They go to check my 360, we both turned it off. <laughs> Who would cry first? Nico? Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he would, maybe, yeah. Maybe. He would come in, he's like, it's a, it's a different work environment for him. Yeah, then. he'd be like a lost little, he'd be like, oh, guys. Especially you not being here first thing in the morning. Have so, a hard time. Yeah. Anyways, um, so what are some other healthy characteristics of healthy hierarchy? So we talked about no veto power. Right. That is 
For those of you that don't know what veto power is, um, that's more speaking to, especially in non-monogamy relationships, um, if I were to start dating someone and Jay said, I don't like them and vetoed them, that's veto power. I'm really glad we're bringing up veto power because it's like, uh, I think there's a difference between you're getting close to another person that makes me uncomfortable, break up with them, and hey man, I'm, I'm happy to let you see whoever you want to see, but this person's really negatively yeah, affecting your is. life, your health, your, or your, your I've, mental health. I've had to do that once. I mean, and, and that was not fun. Right, because it also just feels so close to like the veto power. But... And it goes against everything that I stand for, so when I had to tell him that, it truly was just out of desperation because I knew how terribly, terrible of a person she was. I want to say for the majority all le- leading up to there, I do think you were being very ethical I really about it. tried. It was mostly you speaking your needs in the relationship which weren't getting met, which is like, yeah, if you're in like an NRE position, like sometimes and those kind of conversations severely happen. severely clouding his judge. Like she was, she was a very, very not good person in yeah. my opinion. I agree. Not just her opinion, my yeah. opinion as well. So that was the only time that I didn't even say veto. Like I did never veto her, but I made it right. clear that like she's destroying what we have right now like she's putting that at risk and if if you keep risking it it's not going to end well yeah 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 like it wasn't a veto it wasn't a like you know do this or i'm out Mm -hmm. it was more of like the the effect that this person is having is devastating yeah and i'm just i'm just glad we're making this distinction because it's like you know it's not to say that you have no say in those relationships like ideally you know like, for example, I trust you so much, so I want you to tell mm-hmm. me if somebody I'm seeing is, like, messing with me and or taking me off the path that I want to be on. You know yeah. what I mean? That's the importance of having those friends yeah. so or partners, yeah. you know? So I think you should feel okay if it's, like, really damaging, but just be sure you're checking with yourself. I mean, I'm sure how many therapy sessions went in before you were finally, like, okay. A number of them. Yeah. You know, you're checking in with yourself. You're making sure it's not your stuff, you know? And then once you have been like, all right, I think I checked it all. Well, I checked in with you and you witnessed mm-hmm. some of what was happening. Yes. And yeah, I mean, I, I take... It was shocking. Like sometimes there would be things you tell me and I was like... And, yeah, and that, was that, like... those are the effects of NRE or like a person getting your head the wrong way. Or I'm just like, that doesn't even sound like we're talking about the same person. Right. It, yeah, was, right yeah, okay. it was astonishing mm-hmm. the effects that that person had. Um, so I really more was just telling him like this, you, you, you've got to like... Yeah something's got to change or plug pull because it yeah. is it's destroying us right the difference between veto power and knowing we need to speak for your needs in yeah. a relationship for sure and trying to save what we had built yeah because a lot of times like especially when nre is in the picture and it's like uh, the, your partner it almost feels like they're changing the whole dynamic your mm-hmm. own dynamic and you you have created that dynamic which you agreed to so it's like now if that's changing you have to re revisit Redo, that yeah you know but i still check in with you and jay anytime i start dating someone yes usually even before the first date i'm yes. like what's our gut what do we think i'm like i'm like first of all we have no expectations remember that look at me <laughs> no <laughs> confidence look no. at me we <laughs> chicken we <laughs> Uh, we should probably post a TikTok once I make it. Yes. Yeah. Please. Yeah. I, I would like that so much. Okay. So there's a term in here that I wasn't as familiar with. I still kind of struggle with it. It's the egalitarian. Well, I want to start by saying I made this great joke while we were in the prep phase for this episode where I was like, do you ever feel like people are making words for polyamory, but they haven't checked on the words that already exist? Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Because, uh, so actual definition for egalitarian poly is multiple simultaneous loving relationships where no hierarchy exists. For example, equal time, equal resources. No one person has influence over the other. And one thing that we say on this podcast is we're always really careful about the word equal because it's so near impossible to quantify. Yeah. Like equitable. Yeah. Equitable as in everybody has the same opportunities. Uh, so of course my next question is like, then what is the difference between egalitarian poly and re- relationship anarchy? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I almost wonder if egalitarian still follows a structure of some kind. Like relationship anarchy is these two people can, you know, whoever is coming together, not, not doesn't have to be monogamously, but like they can determine for themselves how that relationship looks. So no escalator, you know, just, hey, we, we pick these terms. This is how we want to move about in our relationship. Includes marriage, doesn't include marriage, includes cohabitating, doesn't include cohabitating. Maybe. I mean, this feels very relationship anarchy to me, but... That's how I feel. Maybe there's other nuances I'm not aware of. If you are an egalitarian, polyamorous person, please let us know. Send us a voice message. Send us a voice. Um, But yeah. um, I... Sorry, no, I didn't have more to say on that. Um, But then the difference between egalitarian poly and then just being ethically hierarchical is... Admitting that there's a... No, I don't know. I know. This is where I'm... Listen, here's what happened is that ethical it, One is admitting that is a, there is a hierarchy. Which is ethical hierarchy. Yes. And then everyone can agree to the terms. Yeah. Right. A lo- listen, a lot of times, okay, terms in non-monogamy can get confusing, but the main thing is everybody agrees on the structure. Whatever the title is, whatever you yeah. want to label it, it doesn't matter as much as like, did Have we I... all agree? Did we all consent to it? Have we all been active in the communities and know what's healthy and what's not? I feel like we should have, have it written down what it means to the group. Yes, to everybody involved. Yes, because just because you're saying ethical hierarchy, that can be different to every different person. Like, yes, that could be so different. And the terms are also changing really fast lately. Like, yeah. there's been a lot of new terms and mm-hmm. a lot of new ways, which I'm fine with. Totally okay with people using terms that fit them best. Mm-hmm. As long as you understand as a group or whoever's in there, I heard that. Um, <laughs> what everyone's understanding is. Yeah. Because I know I would probably have a very, like, a lot of different definitions between, like, ethical, hierarchical, like, like, especially if I maybe had, like, a sensitivity to what felt similar to a glom, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe some people would come together and hierarchical and be like, yeah, I do check with my partner's emotions and conduct myself in a way that, you know, would never make them feel scared or wounded or hurt or anything or, like... Meanwhile, I'm a little bit more leaning on like, well, you know, I think naturally how we grow and mature as people is when we give them the opportunity to show up in those actual situations. Not me saying I'm not hurt, but me saying I am hurt and I know you got things going on and like this is kind of where we're at, you know? And again, I just want to reiterate, this does not apply to kids. Yeah. I feel like we really can't say that enough. Just because I hear a lot of times, well, I can't do this because I have kids or I can't be an anarchist because I do have responsibility. We're not talking to you. We're not speaking to you as a parent. We're not saying ab- abandon the, the car pickup line. No. Abandon lunch no. making. Or like, yeah. I don't have to give any of my kids any. No, that's not what we're saying. Oh my this God, is no. referring specifically to more adult-centered relationships. That's true. You could maybe use that as an example, though, of like not hiring for love, right? Because you technically yes. don't love your children more than the other actually parents. <laughs> I know you guys do. I've seen it on TikTok, okay? When I was a teacher, I absolutely had favorite students. Who wouldn't? Obviously. Some of those kids were making my life hard. Yeah, exactly. As a matter of fact, it wasn't a favorites list. It was a list of most hated top (laughs) top ones I hate the most. 
One, Colton. I'm just kidding. That was just the only name that I remembered from when I was a teacher. Actually, so Colton, you're a cool kid. <laughs> um, so this isn't speaking to children. Your kids mm-hmm. are going to have a different set of needs, a different set of priorities mm-hmm. in your relationships. Yeah. Like, they're, you know, that separate. Yeah. Um, I think it's good Only to throw be, pets in there. Well, and I think it's good to know how to not glom your kids. Yeah, say more about how that. How do we... Well, I think because so many of us were raised in glom families. Yes. So how are you not going to continue that with your children? That's so true. How are you going to have kids be charged of their own schedule as much as a child can? I'm not saying give a two-year-old a Google Calendar, which honestly in this day and age, a two-year-old probably could use it better than me. Yeah. Um... (laughs) But how do you give a kid to say, like, uh, there's, like, a lot more bodily autonomy coming mm-hmm. out for children where you ask a kid if they want to be hugged. Yes. I love that. Um, I that. So, I think in the same way, asking a kid, like, do you want to go do this? Or mm-hmm. do you, like, there are certain ways, I'm sure, that this can be integrated where it's not glommed. Where yeah. They, hey, and I think you... also just by example, where they're seeing, like, oh mom can go out and mm-hmm. is not asking dad right. and it may seem like a little thing like that but that sticks with them right right like seeing an example of like somebody saying okay mom's going out you know as opposed to being like you know having this We're conversation with you or you know blah 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 um i think it's also cool to use this as like a how you know when you're raising a child ideally you're trying to raise them to be independent and like eventually like be you know their own person you know and i think a lot of those things that we do to encourage that in a child we can also do to encourage that with our partners which is a very like you should feel safe knowing you can leave this house and not come back to a problem with me you know like you should feel like you are the owner of your time and that isn't a slight Mm -hmm. to me you know like you should feel responsible for your problems and not responsible for my problems, you know? Like, I feel like that's a huge one, too, you know? Yeah. Like, the ability to, like, let a person be like, this is yours to deal with, yeah, not mine. And I don't have to feel guilty about not touching it, you know? Like, and I think that's where, like, helicopter parents yeah. really reinforce the glom. Yeah, actually, yeah. Don't helicopter. Let your kids make mistakes. Let them fuck up. Let them do their thing at times. I'm not saying go let them, like touch a hot stove repeatedly, which if they touch it once, they won't touch it again. Which is amazing because I feel like I'm just trying to create a structure where a child can develop their own identity and you're you're immediately going to hand on hot stove, you know? But I've seen even little things, like I saw a TikTok where a woman was letting her uh, two or three-year-old cook and obviously not using the sharpest knives, Mm -hmm. but she was like, they're fine. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. So little things like that, teaching them they are independent and don't have to look for mom or don't yeah. have to glom in to get their needs met. Yeah, that they can, they have the faculties to figure out what needs to be done. Yeah. And, and they're like, so stinking cute when they do it. I know. I saw the one where they have the little kitchen and they put water in the little sink. Oh, yeah. So cute. Oh my god. But I think glomming is probably one of the least talked about things. When I was glommed, I did not develop a person. My, my identity and personality, which was true to me, I developed one that was, like, best fit for my family. Mm-hmm. Also. Same. Very much same. So, yeah, that's a, another reason why yeah. I have such negative feelings about a glom. Oh, for sure. Like, this is not how I was when I was no. glommed in with my family. And so much, much of who quieter. I try to be is still, like, yeah. you know. Don't be noticed. Don't be seen. Don't be a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. stay under the have radar. Have no needs. Have no needs. Type A. Go do your thing. Good right. Luck. Make all the right choices. Be successful. Get up. You know, yep. so yeah. Perfect child, successful child, which you're like, oh, what was you? No, it, it kind of sucks at sometimes. I mean, I, I was always expected to be successful. Yeah. There was no other option. Yeah. 
There's actually a really interesting article that came out about gifted children and how damaging it can be to be labeled as gifted. Yeah. Because so many gifted children so, went undiagnosed for having learning disabilities oh, and all of that. Oh, yeah. Because you get praised for certain, like, behaviors. Well, and you're just seeing because you do excel and your grades are so good typically and you are so intellectually intelligent that you are not ever tested for any learning disabilities, even though a high number of them have learning disabilities. That makes sense. I probably very likely have learning disabilities. My entire family does. My brother's autistic. My dad has ADHD and dyslexia. Yeah. My mom is... Um, we were talking... We talked about this in the world. Yeah, my entire our... family has learning disabilities, like severe yeah. learning disabilities. Yeah. Well, we talk about it because like a lot of our work, since we're working in property management, has to do with like number addresses and we're mm-hmm. like, you know... Yeah. Is it 4221 or And I'm constantly switching up numbers. Oh, me too. Constantly switching up yeah. numbers. I know I have hints of ADHD at times. Mm-hmm. Like... There are certain things in school I always struggled with, even though I was a very, very good student. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting, like, it was a very interesting article to read about mm-hmm. gifted children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone who was in gifted programs. Mm-hmm. Also, it felt like um, I was not paying attention in school. And then, like, the t- some teacher made the mistake of telling my parents that it's because the work wasn't challenging enough. And that's why I wasn't, like, engaging yep. But that didn't lead to me being put into more challenging classes. Yeah, that's a common theme is like, oh, they're not being challenged, so they're not paying attention. It's like, I'm no, I'm just having a really hard time focusing. Yep. Because <laughs> I'm here for eight hours, it feels like. Yep. And, and it's also like there's a huge uh, correlation of depression between gifted children because they've always been told how successful they're supposed to be and how perfect they're supposed to be and how amazing they're supposed to be. And when they aren't those ideals when they grow up. Yeah. They feel like failures. Right. Yeah. Cool. Great. Yes. All right. We're going to talk about gifted kids. That'll be another episode. We're getting called out here a little too much. (laughs) Oh, I read that and I was like, (laughs) yep. I was like, anyway, gloms and higher rookies. We're like (laughs) crying behind the paper. Yeah. If anyone wants that article, let me know. It's a very interesting article about. We added to the kind of dependency one. Yeah. The cons of labeling your children as gifted. Mm hmm. Yeah. We see it now. Yep. We couldn't have seen it back in the day. Um, or could we have? Never mind. Just me Just me. always being I like, let's not take away the blame from parents. I think only because we've learned so much more about learning disabilities now. That's true. Yeah. And autism and all that, that we're in a better space to see it. Okay, true. Because they didn't even diagnose my brother as autistic. He is definitely autistic. <laughs> like, for sure autistic. He has mm-hmm. so many. It, yeah, he is autistic. But at the time, they didn't have the autistic spectrum. Mm-hmm. You were either autistic or you weren't. True, yeah. Yeah, then that can be, well, yeah, that, like, doesn't leave any room for any of the actual symptoms that are going on the whole no. time because it's like, oh, it's just this. And he had so many of the symptoms, like, yeah. so many of the indicators for autism. Yeah, that information was so good coming out just because I, I, I learned a lot from it, too, where I was like, oh, yeah, I really thought autism was just this one version, Yeah, you know. There's so. a lot of adults being diagnosed now mm-hmm. because of that, like... Yeah. Um, the comedian that we know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. he was diagnosed late mm-hmm. just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. It's very, yeah. Anyways. Yes. So anyways, um, I did have a question here. Um, do you think that you've seen hierarchical get confused with glomming? My first thought on that is, first of all, we don't have a lot of information mm-hmm. out about glomming. Because when I was, like, doing the research for this episode, the only time I could find anything substantial was, was when I was, like, Google, define glom. I don't know if it gets confused or if it gets easily 
hard for people to tell what the difference is. Okay. They're like, oh, well, I'm hierarchical, so I should check with my partner on my schedule every time. Yeah. No. You don't got to do that. No. Hierarchy doesn't mean scheduling. Hierarchy more has to do with finances and living arrangements and order of importance. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is also why a lot of people got away from primary partner mm-hmm. and secondary partner. Yeah. That is a huge hierarchy trigger. Yeah. So it's getting away from this person's most important, this person's second important, this person's third important. That mm-hmm. is more of a hierarchy thing. Yeah. So for me, I don't. I feel like it could easily get yeah kind of confused. Actually, I wonder if like a lot of the criticisms about hierarchical, especially from like you know unicorns, for example, you know, is that all because of the hierarchy or because of the unethical glomming? Probably both. Yeah, probably both. That's my. I, I have no data to back that up, but I feel like it's probably with with the sheer amount of codependency and glomming that we see, probably both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's codependency and codependent. We'll do the episode, but it's like, what? 75% of the population is codependent at some point. Yeah. So, and glomming, I would say shit. I would be hard pressed to find somebody who doesn't glom. And if I had to provide an answer, I would only come up with you as an answer. Yeah. It, it's hard. I could probably come up with a couple if I really thought about uh, No, I have a few that I could think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah we have a friend here who is definitely not a glomer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, but there, it's more rare to find yeah. people who are not glommed. I feel trailblazing. I feel yeah. like I'm different. <laughs> My body different. My, I was built different. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there anything we didn't talk about? Um, t- t- is it possible to be hierarchical without glomming? Yes. I would agree too. Yes. I think, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I feel like Jay and I do a fairly good job of being yeah. ethically hierarchical but not glommed. Yeah, I would agree. Mostly proud that you never gave up the hierarchical title, mostly because it's like, or like the evolution of how you've been describing yourselves also did include that as a descriptor. Even if it wasn't me just hierarchical as a word, it always seems like you've been trying to be very clear about like, this is, yes, a shared responsibility, shared commitment connection, you know? Yes. Um, so that, thumbs up for you. Uh, but like, let me see. Uh, yeah, I would say that. I think like, it feels easy for me to sift through like what's glomming and what's not. But like, if I were to have to tell you like, well, here's how you figure out that this is glomming and this is just hierarchical. I don't know if I could do that as clearly and eloquently. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's hard to explain. It's, right. Like if it's... I were to do like a ding, this is da, 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 I wouldn't know how to do it. How, how do you know if you're glomming? Ask yourself this. Do you? It truly, for me, it really does truly come down to autonomy. Yes, I agree. Do you allow your partner you, to have autonomy? Yeah, or not? and do you have your own autonomy? And do you have your own autonomy? Are you are you autonomous? And if are you're you uncomfortable not, and or comfortable with them having their own autonomy, probably blonde. I agree. I do agree on that. Yeah. Short and sweet, but kind of true. Yeah. If you make your own schedule, that's a good sign. Yeah. If you don't, sorry. Yeah. But not. I almost wonder, and I don't know, I think this one can get confusing, but like if you act in a way to prioritize the comfort of another person as opposed to your own needs. Yeah, I think that can definitely be a combination of codependent and glomming. And I think a lot of times glomming and codependency go together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that one's going to be hard to like fully extract out. Yeah, because those two definitions are glommed. See what you did there? <laughs> She'll be here all night. 
<laughs> or for the next two minutes. Yeah, for real. Um, da, 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 da. No, yeah, I think we covered it all here. Got it all. And yeah, apparently I mean, we have an episode like... on codependency, so. And then in a couple weeks, we will have an episode from a pro-dom. We're going to have a pro-dom on to talk about that. So that'll be interesting. The person that gave her the clicker. Maybe I'll get clicker number two. If you come on my podcast and you don't bring me a second clicker, you can leave. And then I'll put on your face as a mask. Like, let's do like a picture cut out. And then I'm like, I'm the pro-dom. You're just going to give me money. Really hope he listens to this one. (laughs) He probably will. (laughs) He'll come in just (laughs) I'm not in trouble. (laughs) Praise King deactivated. (laughs) Praise King deactivated. Uh, yeah, go to our Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks Facebook page. We have our munch once a month here in Gainesville. Uh, we have our next one. It'll be the day after this drops. You know, no pressure. Uh, we have our Instagram. Go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Consider making a donation through Kofi. There you go. Yeah. And Patreon. And Patreon. Well, that one is like, hey, if you want to join us for this crazy journey, you know, that we're on, sharing information and shit. And shit. Come on over. Join us. Welcome. Join. And you get some pretty cool perks. Yeah. So you, you get behind the scenes stuff. You get free swag. You get first say on any sort of like Facebook poll um, that we do for the group. So if we ask for like topics to talk about, you get first say. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're appropriate. Um, but yeah. Anyways. Good. We're good. <gasps> Goodbye. So ladylike. I'm cutting that out. No, you're not.